Hey, how's it going, everybody? We are Night of the Creepcast. Um, I'm your host, Spooky to Scary, with the Insta Horror, my co-host. Hey, what's going on there, uh, Spooky to Scary? And thanks for uh, letting me join on with your podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking horror today. And uh, yeah, so let's let's get going. So today I thought we could discuss and go over one of the classic slashers of the 1990s that helped reinvent the genre, uh, Scream, 1996. Scream. Uh, well, let me tell you about Scream. Uh, I, I grew up with Scream. Not to, not to talk about my age here, but... <laughs> I, I saw Scream when it first came out when I was um, 15 years old. Went to see it in the theaters. And uh, let me tell you, it uh, ha- had an impact then, and it's had an impact in every generation since. And I think it's one of those uh, films that every generation can enjoy. And uh, uh, anyway, I'll tell you a little bit more about what my experience was when. I actually went to the theater and had to see everyone's reaction, what my reaction was. And yeah, definitely, uh, Scream is one of those films that uh, has an impact, has always had an impact in the horror community. It's continuing, continue to have that uh, for generations to come, I think. So, great. Let's go for it. Let's, let's break it down. Yeah, Wes Craven actually didn't intend for this movie to reinvent the genre like it did because he had already done it once 12 years prior with the nightmare on elm street movie and that was pretty much what revived horror in a sense and that time period in between you know there were a few you know hits and bangers and whatnot but then you hit 1996 you have screen come out it's meta it pretty much just it blows everything else out of the park. It takes things from other directors and other movies, you know, most famously Halloween. John Carpenter was obviously used in this movie and inspired, or sorry, was inspiration for some of this. And right. actually, this movie, speaking of being inspired, is based off of true stories um, of a murderer that was in Florida. He was dubbed the Gainesville Ripper, and that's pretty much one of the parts that Scream is based around. I didn't know that, but I didn't know it was based off of a serial killer, so that's a, that's interesting to know. But, you know, like you noted, you know, Wes Craven, you know, like you said, you know, he's he's uh, usually never disappoints when he's making films, and, you know, like, you know, he did make a couple of uh, dingers, like uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Like I said, you know, it, we forgive him for that, but he usually has an eye for for capturing the horror in everyday life, and uh, I think uh, that's why Scream is so visceral, and I think that's why it's so popular, you know. And uh, and it's it's a what it's set in an American suburb. You said it was based on, on true events. Yeah, in Florida. And, uh, off the yeah, and, it's, same, and it's, it's it's a setting that we can all relate to. And uh, you know, it can be in your town. It can be with your friends and. You know, like I said, you know, when I saw it, you know, you, you could actually picture yourself there with your friends in the movie, in the film, you know, you could, you know, so he just, he's, it was a brilliant film, I think, so. Yeah, one of my favorite parts about it is not just because it's 
based around an actual serial killer, but also right. because, like you said, it's relatable. This movie, there's not, there's no supernatural element. This could honestly happen if you really right. think about it, because the killers are normal throughout the series. They're human. There's nothing paranormal right. a- about any of the killers throughout the series at all. No, absolutely, and I think uh, you know. Uh, like you said, it's like his films, you know, that film, uh, you know, it's conditioned us to like, to the fear of something like that really happening and uh, the day and occurrence, you know, you know, cause you see all the stuff that's on the news, you can hear all the horror and all the stuff that's like you said, it's not supernatural, that stuff that happens out there. So, uh, uh, it's like, you know, like when the movie starts out, right. So it begins with the, the, it sets the tone, right. So. Craven sets the tone from the very beginning, you know, he, he, you know, with a phone call, right? Yeah, you have the woman screaming right before, and then you have the telephone ringing, and then you have Drew Barrymore after uh, just walking over. She gets the phone, and then the whole conversation between her and um, Ghostface or, you know, Roger L. Jackson, the iconic voice. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like you said, Craven set the tone for the entire film. In those first 13 minutes easily you know, you know and and uh i remember watching it for the first time in the theater <laughs> and you know you're thinking your drew barrymore is going to be the main character you know you've seen her in other movies you know she's popular at the time uh you know and then <laughs> didn't expect her to you know end up dead in the first 13 minutes you know so it's like you know but it, it set the tone in the, from the very beginning and I think, like you said, it captured uh, the horror in everyday life. It's something that could really happen, you know, in an American suburb or you know, at, you know, with your friends or something. You could put yourself in those shoes. And I don't know. I just Carpenter. I mean, Carpenter. I want to call him Wes Carpenter. Uh, <laughs> you got Craven. that scream mentality. Yeah, uh, Wes Craven is just. Uh, I miss him. He's awesome. He was awesome, you know. And uh, yeah, the scream. Scream was a. It's an interesting movie. I know you have a lot of information and a lot of background with it, and I know that you've been working with uh, on getting to meet the cast. Hopefully, you get to get to do that down the road. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, I haven't had an opportunity to meet any of the cast. Uh, unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet Wes Craven, but uh, I mean that should be interesting. Hopefully, you'll get to meet some of them, uh, especially uh, Skeet. So. But anyway. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, adding on to the topic of Wes Craven, um, during the interviews, a lot of the cast had, um, they had nothing but great words to say about him. They said that he was what they wished every director was. He was understanding. Anytime they weren't shooting, he was making sure everyone was okay. He went and talked with the cast and crew, the camera people. He, you know, he even went and talked to the spectators that were watching on the sidelines. He. Right. Made sure everyone felt welcomed and that they were cared for on the set. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, I know he had those relationships. He built those relationships with uh, with the cast and the cast, his crew, and uh, like you said, you know, it's been. When did we lose him? About five years ago. Time Around flies. there. Time flies. Time flies. <sighs> yeah. Great mind. Great movie. But you know, like. Going back to what you were talking about, you know, like you said, the film, it, it sets the tone early. What are some of the things that you, uh, 
enjoyed from the opening sequence. One of my favorite things is trying to figure out later down the road who did it. Right. From the very beginning. Yeah. Like yeah. in your mind you're focused on Drew Barrymore because obviously she had just gotten done um prior with um oh Charlie's know. Angels. Charlie's, Charlie's Angels, Angels is what okay. it was. Yes, and that's what she was pretty much known for Charlie's going Angels. on to. I'm it. sorry, I didn't watch her. Ah, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, um, actually, speaking of the opening sequence and Wes Craven, on set, the reason um, she was able to get so worked up was prior to filming there was a newspaper article about a dog being burned and she was a really big animal lover so she would use that to bring in the energy that she needed to get herself down to that breaking point right and you know the trembling and crying you see is real because you know she's sitting there thinking about the dog and Wes Craven off shooting he would go over and comfort her the whole time and you know tell her hey you did great and and Drew Barrymore even said, you know, she was very appreciative that he would do something like that. Now, that most directors, to... you know, they just want the scene. Right. Did she even want to be in the entire movie or did she just wanted to get killed off real quick? She read the script and she was hooked. That's what she said. She said that she wanted to be a part of the movie. She was perfectly fine with it. And she was really happy with her role, even though it was very short. She was happy with it. Yeah, she yeah, she, she, yeah, because like I said, you know, when I, when I, when we, when you foresee it, you know, you're thinking she's going to be the lead, the lead role, you know, at the time when I saw it, you know, we didn't have all the technology that we had, yeah. the technology we have now, but when I first saw it, you know, you, you kind of didn't know what was going on, you know, so when she died right off the bat, you're like, what the hell did I just watch? You know, it's creepy, it's creepy. It was a, it was a shocking start to the film like you said set the tone for the film and uh i was disappointed because i like drew barrymore but you know uh was you know you were curious what was what direction the film was going to take and like you said you wanted to find out who the killer was you're trying to figure out what was going on from the very beginning so it set the tone early great start to the film and uh you know it's actually interesting too i'm watching the movie as um we're talking about this okay Ghostface has a gray, I want to say it's a baklava, is what it's called. A baklava? Um, a baklava. A baklava. Yes. So he's wearing that, but he has the mask over it because it's gray underneath. And typically the mask is just the black hood. Right. So I, I, I've actually never noticed that before until now. Well, different types of masks for the film? Yes, so throughout the series, there were eight different masks used. I believe it was two per each movie. You have the very uh, squinted-eyed one that you see in the very beginning with Casey. Okay. And then it changes to the wider-eyed one um, whenever we see Principal Winkler uh, put it on in front of the mirror. Okay. Yeah, which one was your favorite? films honestly i love the first one uh the squinted eyed one not so much but the wider eyed one was probably the one that most people know 
I mean, you see the Scream mask and you immediately know, hey, you know, that's from Scream. Sorry, the ghost face mask. And, you know, it's iconic. It's known as the mask of Halloween alongside with, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween 1978. So you do have that. Right. Ah, well, you know, uh, and, you know, hats off also goes to Kevin Williamson, right? So he's the one that wrote the script. And, you know, that's when he, uh, and uh, that script was, was excellent. It was funny. Uh, the humor was very uh, tongue in cheek, you know, and uh, had a lot of the pulp culture references, you know, from other movies and stuff like that. So, you know, th- at the time we had that whole MTV generation at the time also. So, um, so you kind of, ah, kind of the, the way he wrote the script, uh, the dialogue and everything that went in with that script was just, uh, I thought it was excellent. And I don't think he gets enough credit though. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. You know, because you know, you know, I noticed we talk a lot about Wes Craven. You know, God bless Wes Craven. But, you know, we don't really talk about uh, Ken Williamson that much. Not us, specifically, but I really don't hear much about him as far as... Uh, I think he's an underrated writer, you know, but... In the horror community, you don't really hear his name pop yeah. up. Um, opposed to, you know, some of the bigger names, you know, obviously Wes Craven, John Carpenter, etc., yeah, Stephen King. But right? no, I do definitely agree with yeah, that. Stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, man. He's just uh, the script uh, was very well written. Uh, that you know, the dialogue, like I said, it was it was it was it was excellent. It was funny, and you know, at the for the time, even I guess now, I guess it's with the new generations, generations that come and go, you know, it's 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 you know, teenagers can still relate to it. It's it's weird, but. Oh yeah. Well, it's also because you know a lot of people are able to relate to it, especially if they're a teen, because this takes place in high school. Yeah. So you know, you know, kids that are in high school, teens that are in high school, are able to relate to it a lot easier because you know they can put themselves in that situation or their shoes. Yeah, you still still have things like that. that teenagers deal with today in every generation. You got the melodrama, right? You got the Sydney and Billy relationship, right? You got the immaturity, you got the insensitivity. Hmm, I don't know about uh, that one. I'd hope not. <laughs> you got the immaturity and the insensitivity and all the, you know, like when uh, Stu was joking about the, the first murder victim. Uh, yeah, live yeah. alone. And, uh, and of course, uh, uh, you know, the teenagers uh, having the inability to understand the consequences of their actions. <laughs> so it's one of those things, man. It's, uh, I think uh, it was very well written. Yeah, the writing was great, Kevin. Um, I really do wish. Yeah, I, do, I really do wish that I was able to see the NC-17 version of the movie because it wasn't rated NC-17 due to anything sexual. It was rated NC-17 because of the gore. Now, originally, yeah, they used. I believe it was fifty gallons of blood that I talked right. to you about. Uh, prior to this because with the mix of putting it in guts soaking the clothes then using it on um, you know the different props and whatnot right the, 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 it's just 
just amazing. The, the film, I enjoy it today, and I think it still stands at this time. But, you know, like, we're talking about the script. Like, the script also acts like a, you know, talks about the social, like, the social media, the, the media stuff, right? You have, yeah. uh, what, what's her name, Gail? Yeah, Gail Weathers. Uh, it reflects the, the media-saturated culture that we have, right? So they're just, you know, they want to, you know, you get all that stuff that's going on. It's all about the doesn't matter who it affects what happens uh, I gotta report the news and it's just it's a, it's a great script it's a great script and Wolf Craven she Wolf does. Craven took it and he didn't made an amazing film so you know interesting fact about this um, Wes Craven originally turned down doing Scream at the time Scary Movie that's um, right he I forgot. ended up making Sorry it to cut you off, but yeah. God, yeah, they they uh, that, a lot of people get confused from that, right? They they originally, they originally called it scary movie or it, something like that. Especially with the first scary movie having the parody of Scream, in it, <laughs> you know, the what's up mask. That great movie, by the way. And oh yes, great, I love it. Um, but back to what I was saying. Don't remember. Yeah, it's okay. Cool. Uh, I'll just continue I lost, to talk about Gail Weathers because she was. Uh, <laughs> can I say it? She was a bitch, right? She wanted yeah, to she exploit was. and capitalize it... from the victims, right? She wanted to, you know, and uh, and like I said, man, that script, man, that script had everything. And, uh, I cut you off. What were we talking about? Uh... Oh, back to it. The the name. Oh, so the reason Scream actually ended up getting being made. Wes Craven initially got punked by a 12-year-old. So a 12-year-old had went up to Wes Craven and told him that he was starting to go stale, that his older films were the best ones, and that he started losing his um, his good name as a director. And that kind of made Wes Craven snap, and he said, you know what, I'm taking Scream, and he made it this. And originally he wanted to have the, you know, the rating that it got. But he wanted to still have everything of the NC-17 mashed into the R rating, even though he wasn't able to. So there was a big conflict of... Here, here's an example. The very beginning, um, whenever she dies, Drew Barrymore's character... Casey, um, Casey Becker? Yes, Casey Casey Becker. Thanks for refreshing it, even though I'm watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a big debate on if the guts that were spilling out of her and Steve were supposed to be steaming oh, or not. Yeah. And that caused a very big controversy um, because Wes Craven was trying to go for the realism, but they pretty much shut it down. Yeah, I can imagine. But that's... That was... <laughs> That was a. Let me tell you, man. When I first saw that, Jesus, it was just, it was it was petrifying, man. But it's just uh, I don't think I would have. I don't think it would have mattered, at least for me, if I saw any steaming guts, because it still scared the shit out of me. So it's actually in. It there. is. They oh, did leave it oh, in there. Notice, yeah, it it blends in with the fog. Oh, There's cool. like a, a, a slight mist in the background, but you can definitely tell that they snuck it in there so they could have it. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, um, so the characters, let's talk about the characters. 
Well, we've already kind of touched on Drew Barrymore's character, Casey Becker, for as long as she was on screen. Um, what do you think? Of, okay. You know, you have what do you your... think of Nev Campbell as Sydney Prescott. Wasn't that her first or second film? No, she had just done um, before this about a few months before. She just got done Craft. with Craft. Her and Skeet Ulrich appeared on that, and so they were already familiarized with each other. And it was honestly really great how it worked out in Scream too, because they already had that chemistry there, so they were able to feel a bit more comfortable with each other. Yeah, she played the virgin, the final girl, of course, the sole survivor. So. Correction, just the final girl. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, she was a virgin throughout the first 50 minutes of the film until she gave it up. Pretty much. Um, I'm actually at the part right now where we're in the high school with Randy talking to uh, Matthew about, did you, did you really put her liver in the mailbox? Oh, Randy. I heard they found her liver next oh, to her. Was yeah, a, you know, next to was Randy. Her spleen or pancreas. Randy was a fan favorite, man. He was the, uh, what, the the scholar, I guess, the lovable nerd of the group. So he kind of... Pretty knew much. The, the yeah, underdog, in a way. The genre, the gene-savvy character, right? So he knew everything about the genre and everything. So uh, I still pissed off that they killed him off in the second film, but, you know. Spoiler As a like, nerd... I guess I can relate to him. <laughs> so very disappointed that he died right off the bat. The second one felt like it was right in the beginning of the second one, but loved his character. I thought the actor was great, Jamie Kennedy. Um, uh, great, great, great character. I think. Oh yeah. Um, he go ahead. He runs an actually um, joyous. Instagram. He he's always posting content on there. You know, he's trying to make people laugh, and that was pretty much what he was doing throughout the Scream series. He was already making people laugh with his, you know, his snappy dialogue and his witty ways. So it, it's good to see that a part of Randy, and mainly his whole character, is just Jamie Kennedy yeah, being himself. I think the last film I saw with him in it was. Um... I think it was one of the Tremors movies. I think there's like six Tremors movies, but that's the last movie I saw him in. And I enjoyed the movie actually, but but he's in it. He's hilarious, and uh, yeah, he's a lovable character, man. He's a lovable character. He was, he, was a, he was perfect for the role. He was perfect for the role. And like we said, you know, we talked about Nev Campbell. She was perfect for the role. You know, the final girl. And she was excellent for the role. What about Skeet Ulrich? Oh, Skeet Ulrich is great. Actually, um, Skeet Ulrich was very confused about the script. So they're doing the movie, and it gets to a point where they're at the famous scene in the kitchen. And he had gone to Carpenter and said, or sorry, Wes Craven. I keep saying Carpenter. (laughs) Yes, Wes Carpenter. We're going to refer to Wes Craven as Carpenter. But Wes Craven, and he was like, "Why is this dialogue so funny and snappy? Like, I thought this was a you know a, a horror movie." And Wes Craven had to explain to Ski, like, "Oh, well, it's a horror comedy. Obviously, we're gonna have our horror, but you know, we had to have a light-hearted sense in there at certain points." Well, I wonder how much. Uh, I'm sure Wes Craven had a lot of uh, how much a. Uh 
uh, you know authority he had or how much he could change from the script or deviate from the script i'm i'm curious how much he deviated from the script from uh, kevin williams script so and uh i know there were some scenes in the film you said that they were uh, ad-lib ad-lib right so there was yeah oh yeah a lot of the scenes or especially with Stu Mocker's character aka Matthew yeah, Lillard the fool um, most of his lines yes most of his lines were improvised but I mean they were great and they were so good that Wes Craven decided to keep them all in there was not a single scene that Wes Craven was like nah we gotta cut that out but yeah, he was, he was... Matthew Lillard had even said that he was able to ad-lib and since he was so witty it always made Craven laugh yeah a lot of this yeah. you know going back to the famous kitchen yeah. scene sorry no, to no, cut you good. off um oh there's a lot of scenes I cut he you was off. saying oh cut you off <laughs> right. here I'll let no, you go like go, scenes, go. <laughs> like, uh, they're very memorable right like you said and what he was like the comedic relief for the for the most part you know, oh him and Randy yeah uh even toward you know the thing is you know as we talk about the film um it took at least for me my first experience when i first saw it you know uh, i didn't i couldn't figure out who the killer was until the very very last minute and it was very it was very well directed very well written well, I mean, there was also a right. lot of red herrings. You know, you got uh, Joseph Whipp's sheriff, which is also the same sheriff from Nightmare on Elm Street. And there's actually a tie-in with that. I'll, I'll dig sure. into that a little bit later. But the red herrings, you know, you, you have a bunch of suspects. And to quote Randy Meeks, you know, everybody's a suspect. In this movie, that's very true. You have a sense of pinpointing it on a certain person you know you have skeet ulrich's character uh billy loomis in the in the scene at sydney's house whenever he crawls through the window you know and it freaks her out whenever he drops a cell phone well everyone was like no that's that's too obvious that can be him later on you have joseph with sheriff whenever after the bathroom scene happens and it zooms yeah. in on his shoe then you have the um the scene after Gail Weathers gets punched by Sydney and she's at Tatum's house she gets the phone call and Dewey doesn't come out of his bedroom until the phone call has been busy. concluded he was with busy, so right? there was a lot he of busy. he was busy doing yeah. other things you know <laughs> yeah, obviously his dress you know? attire <laughs> uh, yeah so we talked about you know we talked about Sydney. Uh, which is Neff Campbell. We talked about Skeet Ulrich. Uh, that leaves us with, uh, well, hey, let's talk about Stewie. Matthew Lillard and Dewey. Uh, Stewie. I called him Stewie. You have Dewey and Gale. <laughs> I met Dewey. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're not wrong because Dewey he Dewey. did audition originally for Stu's part, and Dewey was supposed to be the original killer. Um, and Matthew Lillard originally was supposed to be, or sorry, he wanted the role of Billy. Okay. Well, that didn't work out too well, and he ended up becoming Stu. But the thing is, Matthew Lillard even says, like, oh, you know, that I looked really stupid and whatnot. But people still praise him for the movie because he was really? absolutely amazing. And he wasn't even supposed to be in the movie to begin with because of the fact, like, 
so the way it had happened was they were, I believe, in New York. And he was going to support his girlfriend who was going for another audition. Well, one of the, the directors pulled aside Matthew and gave him a chance, pretty much. He was originally just supposed to be a, a supporting character, uh, a Tatum, if you will. And he ended up being so good and lovable that he's now known as one of the main characters in Scream because of how well his Even performance though his was. his name isn't in the front cover of the DVD? Or... Yeah, Matthew Lillard's not on here. It's not on here. The only names it puts is David Arquette, or, Nev Courtney Campbell, Fox. Courtney Cox, Skeet Ulrich, and Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. She dies in the first 13 minutes. But, you know, let's put her name right in the front. And Hey, and it's even funnier, too. She's used to promote oh, yeah. the movie. If you think about it, the face in the background, you know, the, the shock's face right. that's covering up her mouth. Um, that's Drew Barrymore. So, I mean, they did use oh, her right. as an yeah, advertisement, I guess, maybe to bring in, you know, it's, it's good placement, I would definitely say. Right now, I am actually at the scene where um, Ghostface just attacks Sydney in her house and Billy's about to pop in through a window. There was a deleted scene that was supposed to be in the movie, uh, in the original script, that because Wes Craven had obviously created A Nightmare on Elm Street and it was very popular, there were two tie-ins. I mentioned one of them earlier. I said I would dig into it a little bit later. Um, Joseph Whip's character as Sheriff, he was... Okay, so the story behind it was he ended up leaving... I can't believe I just forgot the name of... The Nightmare on Elm Street. Which Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, the first one. Well, who's whose character? Joseph Whip, the sheriff. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the sheriff is. No, not the name of the sheriff. The name of the town. I keep I keep saying Woodsboro because Elm I'm Street? watching Scream. Elm Street. The name of the sheriff. Well. On a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? No, I'm talking about the place. Oh. Woodsboro. Because, no, it's not. Uh, this looks really bad on me. Hey, but anyways. Hey, forget about it. You don't remember. You don't remember. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I did. I, I forget about, about it. Let's move on. Um, but yeah, so what it was, he was supposed to leave Elm. And he ended up becoming sheriff in Woodsboro because he wanted to get away and find some peace and quiet. Oh, pretty much. okay, okay, yeah. And right. so there was supposed to be a tie-in with the deputy from a nightmare. Uh, that's right. You had told me about this. There was supposed to be a tie-in between the deputy from the night. He was supposed to be the same deputy from a nightmare in Elm Street, right? So, yeah, but he pretty much promoted. got promoted to sheriff, yeah. and whenever he gotcha, went to Woodsboro, gotcha. yeah, I remember that conversation. So why did they throw that out? He just didn't. They weren't. Well, Wes Craven had the idea. I don't know if it was thrown out purposely or if yeah. it just didn't fit in, because then that would have meant that, you know, you had to explain the murders of Elm Street in Woodsboro sense. at some point. Well, you know, or, Frank, you know hey, it, it would have been a long process. A, a nice little cameo, though, in the film. Fred the Janitor. 
Yeah, well, that's also Wes Craven as well. That an interesting fact about that scene, that is the original sweater that Robert England wore awesome. in the first movie that Wes Craven is wearing. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Oh, but back to the other fact. Um, so, in the scene where she's typing on the computer and texting nine one one, there was supposed to be a scene that showed her address, and it was oh. supposed to say Elm Street. That'd be cool. So, yeah, but that's where the explaining of how they were hey, it would have been connected a was it gonna. Been a yeah, it would have been. It, it could have been a coincidence, but it would have been great. Terrorizes people in their dreams. Man, very true. Well, I very true. Understand why they didn't want to do it, but yeah, that's um, yeah. <laughs> The thing is, also, I think uh, what she she typed in nine one one or something like that to get the police to yeah yeah wow texting nine one one in the nineties too amazing. that's an interesting thing amazing I just uh I just we were just happy to have a caller ID I'm not kidding <laughs> which was something that was used more and more well, yeah after you know, this the, movie actually they increased the sure boom it did. you know back in the day you know if someone called you you had to take a guess and hey, i hope it's not who i think it is pick it up no he's not here you know, like that. You know you kind of had to guess <laughs> hey you johnny here. here but uh <laughs> yeah man uh, some of the stuff that's on there in that film it's just it's pretty cool man uh, um so let me ask you a question tatum let me right. give me Rose you McGowan. an answer Ooh. what did you think of her character she was really didn't really have uh too much of a she was uh yeah. the supporting actress. everybody remembers her for so her she was pretty much <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, hey, there's actually a lot you about that scene. You know, you're a teenager, you know, that's all you remember. I'm scared, but, but <laughs> yeah, of course. So she's a supporting actress. Yeah, so originally, like I said, uh, Matthew Lillard was pretty much just supposed to be the supporting, you know, right. actor. And he was supposed to be, like I said, a Tatum. Well, Tatum has a, a very interesting character. She's seen as the, you know, very strong woman type throughout the movie. And then there's one scene where she's in her bedroom after her. Gail gets her lights knocked out by Sydney. Uh, you kind of see well, the little kid in her come out. You know, she's sitting there yeah. playing with the rabbit. She's in her pajamas. Yeah, and all joking aside, you know, talking about the, well, somewhat joking aside, you know, she she was uh i liked her character i liked her i was pretty pissed off when they killed her off especially the way they killed her off that was pretty brutal which wasn't even how she was originally supposed to die she was supposed to get into a a brawl with ghostface and what was originally supposed to happen was the garage door was supposed to come down and crush her neck yeah pretty nasty way to go well, one of the members on set had a doggy door on their, or sorry, it wasn't a doggy door, it was a cat door on their garage. So they ended up spending time 
on set creating a whole new prop which became that door or the the gate and <laughs> the, actually behind set they had actors in stunt crew and whatnot that would play around and they would go in and out to right. see who could fit and who wouldn't and on that part Drew or not Drew Barrymore sorry Rose McGowan she actually didn't have trouble getting into it at all she actually kept slipping out of it so whenever they were doing the casting and whatnot for the dummy um of Tatum that you see later hanging in uh, after yeah. Ghostface throws Sydney out of the window and she lands on the the boat. Obviously, that's like one of those cliche convenient placing of the boat. Yeah. But <laughs> hey, she was stuck up there for about five hours and she had an imprint on her stomach. But Rose McGowan did say that this was one of her favorite, and it still is to this day her yeah. favorite uh, movie experience. Yeah, she she. I liked her character. Too bad they killed her off, but I would have liked to have seen her in the sequel. But that didn't happen. But. Please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. Yeah, I want to be in the sequel. Oh well. Why would why would why would you know? Why would Stu actually, kill his girlfriend like that? You know? That wasn't even Stu. You said it was. Uh... It wasn't. No, it wasn't Stu. So Billy was the one that actually ended up killing. Um, Tatum in the garage. Um, that's why whenever he shows up a little bit later and Stu answers the door and Sydney's about to go out, um, he gives Stu, or sorry, Billy gives Stu that, that little glare. And yeah. next time you watch it through, pay attention like to his eyebrows movement. Like it's done. He, he kind of signals to Stu, like, hey, you know, job's done. Yep. And he just continues on like normal. And that's, they had already planned out the whole thing with going upstairs and whatnot. Um, so he could make it seem like he was the one that, or sorry, that Billy wasn't right. the actual killer. Um, that's why Stu was able to suggest, hey, you know, you can go up to my, my parents' bedroom, you know, talk, whatever. And, you know, yeah. Billy punches him and he's like, subtlety, <laughs> Stu. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we had, uh, we talked about, um, talked about Billy, we talked about Tatum, we talked about Stu, we talked about the Randy, Sydney. Did we talk about Dewey? We haven't really Gail talked about Gail. Dewey much, and we haven't really talked no. much about Gail. Yeah, we'll talk about Gail. Gail and, and, and uh, Dewey and Gail. If you really think about it, there are a lot there of people are, to the cast. Yeah. They're especially a lot big of names now. A lot of memorable uh, cast members. Uh, Dewey uh, also, you know, Dewey was one of the, also a fan favorite, and to think they almost killed him off. Yeah, the the scene with him in the very end and the stretcher was put in post production by Craven. Uh, man, that was a uh, that was a smart move because they they were able to use him for the next three movies and became a big huge character. Uh, Dewey, Dewey's Dewey's a dumbass. Oh yeah, but he's a lovable character. He's a lovable character, <laughs> and, and he's loyal, and he'll do everything he can to protect you, even though he sucks at it sometimes. But he he, he does everything he can to protect the people he loves, and I think that's you know, that's his character. That's his character. And uh, I know that he was a uh, he was portrayed uh, by David Arquette, and David Arquette, I think he was awesome, and you know he did an awesome job with the Dewey character, made it his own, I think. So 
uh, originally, um, <clears throat> the casting for Dewey wasn't even David Arquette. I don't remember exactly who it was, but the reasons we love Dewey wouldn't exist without David because David was the one that suggested yeah. the slapstick, you know, goofy yeah. Dewey that we have. Because originally in the script, Dewey was supposed to be guy? some macho buff, you know, police officer. Yeah. And there's a line referencing that whenever Gail starts hitting on him uh, and she's talking about, you know, except up there in that <laughs> torso area. And he's talking about, uh, yeah, I he's talking about because of his yeah. boyish good looks, that muscle mass increased his acceptance as a serious uh, police officer, which was a which was a jab. Yeah, the funny thing was that with part. David Arquette, and he's you know he did a lot of films after that. After Scream, he did a few like Ready to Rumble. You know, he's a big prof- he's a big professional wrestling fan. He's actually a professional wrestler now. Uh, he he's really dedicated to his work. I know, but uh, if you've seen some of the stuff that he's doing now, it's amazing. You know, he's, he's getting older. He's a professional wrestler. He does that. And I don't know if he's there currently doing that. I know with the whole COVID or coronavirus situation. But uh, yeah. you know, he's he's uh, you know, he's had his issues outside of the out of uh, you know his work. But uh, he gave his uh, he gave his uh, he made it his own, like you said. And, hey, I love Dewey. Dewey Scream Four was. I, did you finally watch Scream Four? By the way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. I saw how how Wait, do you expect me to do a deep dive on movies if I don't actually watch them? We are, but I did go through and did a miniature deep dive on the others. The first one means everything to me. Obviously, you know the second ones are good yeah. too. But well, you know, the funny thing we talked about, uh, we didn't talk about um, Courtney Cox, right? She want, they want up getting married, her and uh, David Arquette, right? They had a child with them, dead kids. Yeah, they yeah. ended up getting married. Um, yeah. And then they ended up yeah, divorcing in 08. I, I didn't read up on the reasoning, but it is very enjoyable how in the third movie they kind of yeah. throw that in there. Yeah. But uh, what did you think of Courtney Cox's character, Gail? I know she was heartless. She didn't give a damn. Once again, she wasn't even supposed to be uh, in the movie. She had actually begged Carpenter or Craven. West Carpenter, Craven, bad West Carpenter to be movie. in the movie because, yes, <laughs> um, they originally thought that because of her being on Friends that you know she was too nice of a character, and Courtney was like, "No, no, no, no! I promise yeah. you, I can play this bitch character. I promise that I can, you know, get it under my belt." And I can prove that I'll she's be a awesome. very good fit for this role. She's awesome, and she's you know in the she other films, great. you know she she's just a great character, and you know Courtney Cox was was, was amazing, and uh, yeah, you know she's yeah. another staple of Scream too. Oh yeah, along yeah, with Dewey and Sydney, and uh, I think it was the soul. Which. I wish Randy. They I wish Randy was part of that. <laughs> you know. And then they bring him back in part three, which would be unrealistic. So they said. I mean, technically, I guess he had a cameo. 
But then again, if you want to say that that would have been impossible to bring back Randy in one of the original scripts, they were supposed to bring back Stu Mocker for the third film. That the original script was supposed to be Stu was the teacher and he pretty much made his students go do his bidding to try and get revenge on what happened to him and Billy, you know, back in the first screen. Well, they weren't able to do that because Columbine had happened. And they thought, you know, the movie would have been too out of place right. and at a wrong right. time for that. And I mean, that's the second time that that had happened to Craven because originally, um, with the original Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously Freddy's always been dubbed a pedophile. That's exactly what he was. He's a child. And there was a case going on at the time. I know, I'm joking, I know. Well, that's what they said in the first one, but they, you know, they obviously still insinuated that he was the pedophile. And there was a case that was going on at the time that kept them from doing well, that. Well, think about it. Think they about didn't it this want way. it to be like, oh, you know, we're taken, making a movie about it. The taken off the way he did Freddy Krueger, right? Because in the mid-80s, the mid, you know, in, in the late 80s, he became so popular that kids had little dolls of Freddy Krueger or action figures or whatever, or, or lunch pails or whatever in their rooms, right? So, you're, <laughs> so just imagine. I couldn't imagine anybody wanting a uh, little pedophile doll of your favorite serial killer, you know? You know, it's weird that we idolize in the horror community and praise a pedophile. That sounds very terrible to say, but if you truly think about it in Robert England, or sorry, Freddy Krueger's origins, that's what he was. And we support him. You know, we love his kills and we love his movies. So it's a very weird sentence to come out of someone's mouth, but he is technically in horror the most loved pedophile. Yeah, it it really is when you if you really hey, think about you know, it, that's pretty much what's going on. He's a child killer. Even I, I, that's not, not any better. <laughs> well, so what you're saying is he's just uh, oh man, I love Freddy Krueger, man. He's Robert England. You know, we're jumping movies here, but Robert England, he was. What's uh, uh, we're staying along the same subject because it's a Wes Craven movie, but um, Robert England. Nobody else could have played Freddy Krueger. Nobody else. The way he did. He's just amazing. Uh, and he's my second favorite uh, horror icon, you know, behind Michael Myers. You know, if Michael Myers wasn't around, it'd probably be Freddy Krueger. He'd be number one. He's just, he's awesome. Robert England. You know, since um, you mentioned Michael Myers, um, Robert Engel and Freddy Krueger had a pretty big uh, job on he, the set of he was, uh, Halloween. Uh, he, since the filming wasn't in fall, right. the yeah, he <laughs> he so had he to go Halloween. out and put up the leaves everywhere, which I thought was he a was pretty cool time. Yep, Robert Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger yes, was in <laughs> Halloween. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, so pretty he's been in all three of the movies. He he was Freddy Krueger. He's in Halloween. Well, it's kind of like a, a quote-unquote cameo been as Wes Craven. Michael Myers. Oh yeah, he's been all three. He's, he's been, been Michael, Freddy. Freddy, and or no, he hasn't been Michael. No, it wasn't. Yeah, he, no, uh, wasn't he he Michael Myers Michael. in that parody where he's driving? He's, he's Leatherface. 
dressed as Michael? Was that Kane Hodder? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. We'll have to get back to you no. on that, guys. See, he played Jason. No, it's not. No, 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 no. So, he's played uh, Freddy, Leatherface, and Jason. Obviously, you know, he played parts uh, 7 through 10. And then you have Freddy. He is Freddy and goes to hell. He's the claw that right. drags underneath Jason's mask. Which right. that's another topic oh, we can get into yeah. on another episode of Jason versus Freddy. Yeah, um, and then he was in Leatherface. He was in Part Three uh, with R. A. Uh, can never pronounce his last name right. But I was not even gonna attempt. <laughs> I'm not even gonna attempt that last name. But uh, I could have sworn he played Michael Myers. Maybe uh, you're right. You're probably right. I have to research that one, man. Sure. Yeah, that's he's he hasn't played Michael. Now you're probably thinking since we you mentioned Jason, you were probably thinking of uh, Tom Morga since he was Michael. He was and and he got fired Jason. up on Halloween Four, poor guy. He was the original Michael. I mean, George Wilbur uh, gets credited for the film, but obviously, which he did an awesome job. I love George P. Wilbur. He was the one who played Michael Myers in Part Four, but it was originally Tom Morga, and he gotta let go but that's another topic so i was going jumping around but yeah yeah i was about to say we talked about we talked about the red herring right talked a lot about the red herring yeah we talked about the red herring with you know joseph whip and then you have david arquette you have billy stew randy like i said you know randy's everyone's a suspect makes a lot of sense in the movie because back then you didn't have very many crime movies so me having you know access to the ones I did now, it was kind of easy to put together right. the whole crime before it kind of happened. There was a few hints and whatnot that I picked up on that you know some of the average viewers of back then from 1996 wouldn't oh. have necessarily picked up. So on. what are you saying? I'm just kidding, but I can tell you from watching it. <laughs> I can tell you from watching. <laughs> you want to brawl? I can tell you from watching September. Uh, you would consider everything that was plausible, right? So everything that, but you kind of were skeptical on a lot of the things, and you didn't want to like you thought it was some a certain character that did it, but you didn't want to accept it entirely as true, because there wasn't that quite enough evidence to nail. Uh, like for example, Billy, right? Billy got arrested, right? The phone falls out of his uh, pocket, right? The cell phone, right? The cell phone falls out. He gets arrested. Uh, yeah, his you, you know, you kind of you want to know that it's him, but you kind of don't want to accept it as him because there wasn't quite enough evidence. And and I think, uh, oh man, those you know, it was just really well done. I think. And watching, you know, the thing with watching it back then, you know, seeing the reaction of people and everything in the theater and stuff like that, I can tell you that it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Especially when the sequels. So when you had Scream 2, back in the day, you could have people dress up in costumes and such. So you had people, you know, dressed up and stuff like that. You had people dressed up and such, and, and it was a lot oh, of fun. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, that, that atmosphere. People were cheering. People were happy. When the phone would ring, it was kind of, you know, you see, you know, when they're watching that movie, uh, when you're watching uh, Scream 4 and they're making fun of Stab, they're having that whole uh, uh, barn scene where they're showing the Stab movies and people are cheering and stuff like that, and people are dressed as Ghostface. Yeah, that's what you kind of had, you know, with the, the movies, you know, 
with Scream 2 came out and 3 and whatnot because back in the day, you know, you could do that type of stuff. Unfortunately, you can't do that now. There's a lot of stuff going on, but that's fun. You know, and that yeah. it tells you how popular and what an impact those films had in the horror community and in, in in, in, in generations going forward. But yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun and something that I'll never forget. You know, and I, I've seen, you know, I saw the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I've seen Nightmare on Elm Streets in the theater. I saw uh, Halloween five and six and probably the worst in, in series. You know, last I think Halloween five. Halloween five, I think that's why. I, I have a special place in my heart for that one. It's just a thorn trilogy, uh, you know. But you know those those films, man. Because you know, when the '80s, when everything was going on in the '80s and towards the '80s and the early '90s, the the slasher films got goofier and goofier, and and it kind of got drawn out a little bit. And we talked about Wes Craven, how he kind of reinvented it, reinvented the wheel twice, right? So twice, it, it was it was a fresh. Uh, star it was a fresh for the horror genre fresh for the horror community and to this day I think it's just you know it's it still has an impact so many people talk about it still one of the you know people are looking forward to the screen five you know so. yeah hopefully it's still on track I know it's supposed to come out this year and I do right. definitely trust the uh, the ready or not directors um, I do have faith that they can put it together because Ready or Not was a great film. I don't know if you've gone around to watching it or not, but it's amazing. Um, yeah, so I know, definitely and, trust and, and that I they think, can uh, put it. Like you said, I think a lot of people want to see the same returning characters. I don't. We don't even know if it's going to call, be called Screen Five. We don't know yet. We don't. Yeah. Well, with the way that things are going so far with the horror genre. Like, example, you know, you have the Candyman movie and you have, you know, Halloween. It, the first one that's getting recreated or the new timeline, because that's what both of these new movies are. Um, Candyman well, can- and Halloween, it's just the name. Well, yeah, there's like no tagline. There's no... Skipped every other film in between. You know, it's kind of like what Candyman's doing, right? The, the Candyman, they're skipping all the movies in between. and this They're is the skipping... Movie, right? uh, so, two and three i wonder if they're gonna do that with uh <laughs> scream i don't know if it would work though what? yeah i don't know because after a while what it's been let's see 2011 right, right. was whenever scream 4 came out so it's it's definitely been a while because i yeah because there was about a 10-year time gap in between the two movies uh, uh with three and four from 2001 to i cannot believe i cannot believe i've seen every screen movie in the theater and so. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm not complaining you're I'm complaining I'd, awesome. I'd be happy but about it i actually enjoyed uh, uh yeah 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 I think, you know, and we had this discussion before, I think Scream 2, you know, I kind of jump in between, you know, we're talking about Scream 1, but I always jump back and forth with Scream 2. It came out in 98. I've always, sometimes I like it better than Scream, the original Scream. Sometimes I don't. So I kind of jump back and forth sometimes with that film, which is another one. That was another great sequel, I think, to the original. So, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so how far are you into the movie? Well, I'm, I'm at the uh, 
the store scene right now. What, is she saving herself for you? Maybe. Now that Billy tried to mutilate her, do you think Sydney would go out with me? <laughs> I love Matthew Lillard's performance throughout this movie, and especially in scenes like this, he shines where he gets to be really goofy and sarcastic. Everyone uh, fit the role perfectly, I think. Great cast. Great cast. And uh, the thing also, did you expect to have two killers in the film? Quite honestly. The first time watching it, no. And and this was actually one of my first horror movies, too, whenever I was growing up. So at the time, I couldn't really comprehend it. But whenever I got back around to rewatching it, it was a few of the hints where it was like, okay, some of the red herrings worked and some of them didn't. Like Sheriff, uh, you know, just whip. That one didn't work on me. Dewey didn't work on me. But there was something about Billy, Randy, and Stu. The that Dewey really didn't. Stuck the, the, out. the Dewey didn't work on you. Not at once did you suspect at all that Dewey could. Mm-mm. Dewey didn't work on me. Like wow. I honestly didn't. Like, it, that didn't cross my mind whatsoever. Well, I kind of did. I was hoping. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the intention, though. <laughs> Millennium. Good word, my man. Millennium. Are you Millennium. telling me that's not a killer? Um... You know, it's kind of weird, too, that this movie, if you really think about it, some of the aspects of it are what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, they had a, a curfew because of the killing. And, you know, we have our curfew now with the whole COVID-19 thing, you know, stay at home. So seeing this movie, it's still an escape from the real world. But at the same time, there's a few of them that's like, hey, you know, back in 1996, was that that 2020 was going on in a way. 24 years ago, huh? 1996. Yep. That's when this movie came out. And it actually... felt a lot closer so technically in a way it could be seen as 1997 right because the movie came out in december came out a few days before christmas because there was a bunch of kids movies out there's a bunch of christmas movies out and they wanted something for the adults and the the teenage you know adults so they released this movie adults yeah the adults yeah yeah which I thought was really interesting. You, if you really want to, you could say that you could. Scream is a Christmas movie because it came out in December. Watch this around yeah, Christmas. And, I mean, that would be a whole argument right there. Just like how people argue about, right. just how people argue about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Which, in a way, I think movie it is. I, personally, I say it is, even though Bruce, Bruce Willis said that it wasn't. Come on, it's like it's like Gremlins. That Gremlins, uh, Gremlins is in a freaking fight me, Christmas fight movie. me. It's, it's a horror movie that took place. It took place. No, no. Well, okay, no, 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 no. I, I strongly disagree with a horror that. horror comedy. Gremlins happened because of Christmas. Because, you know, the Tinkerer dad went out to go buy his son a really fancy gift, and he that came back with been the Mogwai. That gift could have been for his birthday. That gift any other time. It didn't necessarily... It was during Christmas, but... but it was Christmas. It, he even Christmas said it was an early Christmas present. <laughs> he even, he even says right. it's an early Christmas present. No... 
I hope that's not too loud on the viewers. Get back to what I just did. We keep jumping around, but uh, breaking the rules. You know the rules by heart, don't you? Um, always have sex. Always do a line of coke and drink a can of gin. And always say, "See, you push the law, and you end up dead." Okay. No, the first three. Or as I put it earlier, I'll put I'll see you in the knife at the kitchen. No. <laughs> hey, you know that that scene actually helped create a lot of tension in the movie because as that's going on, you have Sydney and Billy upstairs doing their thing, and it cuts back in between Billy and Sydney, Randy's rules. Then you have everything that's going on downstairs you know the first rules don't have sex well billy and sydney are upstairs then you have the no drinking no doing drugs um and everyone has a beer in their hand and then obviously the famous um never say i'll be back or i'll I'll be right back because it'll never end well for you um (laughs) matthew lillard i love that scene so much just hey you want a beer right here yeah, sure. He's awesome. I'll be right back. So, is that all the rules? We talk about no sex. Well, you talk about sex. No sex. Uh, no drugs. Right? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Here we go. You know, actually, while we're on the topic of uh, the alcohol... I never rule, drank. Um, so, in the scene where Sydney and Tatum get in... You're such a liar. Um... So whenever Tatum and Sydney walk into the kitchen, Matthew is right. helping a guy, you know, with a beer bong. And that was made on set. That wasn't something that they already had. They threw it in that scene, um, you know, just to give it a bit more of a high school teenage thing. A level is what I'm looking for. Um, and then I, I, I did show to you before I pointed it out that there is kind of a continuity error with the alcohol where yeah. Dewey walks in he says hey right. you're underage drinking and he takes the beer away from the kid and then he's like nah I'm right. just kidding you can have it back and after right. that you see you destroy- Dewey holding the beer in his right. hand still right you want to destroy he's walking over to Tatum. that's what you want to do it's like you destroyed my Halloween 3 yeah, <laughs> I was about to say I was hey, about hey, to get there. It always bumping, you know. We always <laughs> Halloween, sits, you know, hey, you know what? Be... Halloween three will be for another episode. Yeah, Halloween three will be shit. for another episode. Hey, Tom Atkins rules, man. Oh yeah, Tom Atkins. Whoof. Yeah, that was. I see what you did there, but. You know, actually, they're talking about not doing drugs. I just noticed in the scene where Sydney's asking Randy about why is Jamie Lee Curtis in all these movies, Terror Train, uh, The Mist, whatnot. Um, there's a guy in the background rolling a joint. Is it really? You can see him licking the paper, and he's he's packing it together. I've never noticed it. Yeah, I've never <laughs> noticed cool. that. He has a little table behind him. He's rolling up a joint. It's funny when you start noticing the things. Like, I didn't know in Scream 2 until now that Matthew Lillard had a little little cameo but he was dressed using disguise I didn't never knew that until you told me yeah 
no, yeah, he's not. You were, you were really shocked about the one I told you. You were like, no, he's not. He was supposed to be in the third one. Get out of here. But, and I was like, no, 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 no. He's a background extra because he was very good friends with Craven yeah, and cool. wanted to go around that. and meet cool. fr- cast and friends. I actually found a very blurry photo of him. He's in there. He's in it. So, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And I mean, it's great too for you finding out stuff like that because you run yeah. a huge, you know, horror page that's the Insta Horror. And, yeah, you know, you that. specialize in finding out stuff like that. You, you know, you specialize in the behind the scenes clips and, yeah, for, you know, for the folks that don't listen, that are just behind the scenes and photos and whatnot. You better have an Instagram. If you have an Instagram account, yeah, I, I do run a, a, <clears throat> a horror account, Insta Horror. And uh, that's a lot of fun. I like to, I like to share uh, stuff that's on there. A lot of movie clips and facts and, and a lot of the, up, the stuff up and coming stuff and uh yeah i mean stuff like this when i find when i find something new like this like when you told me about Stu being uh, something you know as little as it may be you know i'm such a horror nerd that i got so excited i was like no way so i actually right after right after you uh, yeah <laughs> yeah after i was like i got no my chance shit me not man I was like damn that's awesome that's all I think it's cool I know I know you really do appreciate me taking the time and to do the deep dive on this movie because it, it did help you out with your page that you were able to you know like that with the yeah, you know, you're able to find out facts and yeah absolutely you know there's a lot of information post more content a lot of it uh uh, you got to be careful where you get your information from. Like, you don't trust anything on Wikipedia. You don't trust anything on, what is it, ID, MB, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you ID, IDB. Or you I, IMDB. I try. You got to confirm it. You got to confirm it, yeah. But with you, with the Insta Horror on Instagram, you know, you, you have all that fact check. So if y'all want to have reliable sources of horror news and updates and facts that maybe you didn't know that might surprise you you can go brag to your friends about um go follow the insta horror he has great content and he also <laughs> posts nine times a day thank he you has man his three in the morning that. afternoon yeah, and at night schedule, man. You know, it depends on what's coming out uh, i try to do three in the day three in the evening and three at night but sometimes it turns up turns up to like 12 or sometimes freaking 15 depending on how many birthdays you have so I start adding the, the birthdays or, or the movie. Yeah, you start. I just, sometimes I'll have. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about so that many birthdays uh, in a day. And, and I can't fit them all. So sometimes what I'll do is put them in my story or whatnot. But it, it, no, I try to keep it fun. I try to keep it. Uh, I try to keep it. A, I appreciate the shout out, but I try to keep it as legitimate as possible. Man. Yeah, no problem. Oh, here the continuity error in this scene really makes me mad. Okay, so I'm at the garage scene right now. Tatum, whenever she... Here's two, actually. Tatum throws the beer bottles at Ghostface right. whenever he's running at her after he you know, slices her arm and they're running around. Um, and after he flips over her, his gown isn't It looked wet, wet to all. me, man. It looked wet to me. And another error. I did. No, 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 no. After, if you go back and watch, whenever he gets up off the steps, he's not, he's not wet. Maybe you should now another continuity error error with this scene. Apparently, the way she died 
<laughs> yeah, let me be that asshole. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, no, so apparently the way she died is that her breast got stuck. <laughs> one got stuck on the other side and the other one made it through. But clearly both of them are right. on right. the outside. So there was no way she was supposed to be stuck. And right. whenever you go back and forth, whenever it shows Ghostface perspective versus hers, um, on her side, they're both out. Right. On his side, they're still on uh, his side. Yeah. So there's a continuity <laughs> error right there. I never noticed that, man. But uh, props to you, man. Props to you for looking out for those details. What's Ghostface? What's Leatherface doing here? No. Man, I well, I researched, and while I was researching, it said that that's how she died. Have you ever thought her, about doing... Know, her, uh, her breast got stuck in the doggy, or the cat door. Halloween X78, that's probably my all-time favorite. Are you ever going to do a uh, fact-check on that one and see how many errors you find in that film? You want to butcher... You want to butcher that movie like you butchered... We already did with Halloween 3. I appreciate. I'll butcher it for you the same way uh, Casey Beckett. No, man, it props to you, man. I, I don't have the patience to do that, but just you know, I try to. You know, it's funny though, because you know, when a lot of stuff that you say is very interesting. Like, uh, yeah. I never noticed a stunt double, right? Uh, I guess when, right? I never knew. It was a stunt oh yeah, whenever Sue uh, attacks uh, Sydney, and you, and you, and. You can clearly see it, but and for me, I now you see it. Thanks for waiting because I see it every time now that I watch it. I can never unsee. Hey, you know what, everyone? If you don't want that Stu Mocker scene ruined for you, do not go searching for it. Actually, no. It's just a completely different guy. His hair is a different color. That's why it's so noticeable because the stunt double's hair is black, like jet black. Take the time to pause it and freeze frame it appreciate it appreciate it it was you know this podcast is supposed we to be about stream and i feel like we, we, we barely touched on it to be honest with you because we keep going uh, off track in certain ways every yeah every john you mean nice does remind me of what i did tell you though that I, horror does touch with every genre and there's I something for everyone in horror I that's why it's a favorite topic or a genre I agree with you on that but uh fishing up with scream i guess you fish up with scream now or what do you think see so you should just you should have just i'm actually at the scene done. where um, billy is upstairs people, talking to sydney people that are listening to it i see you should have done <laughs> I know. What, no, just play the audio in the background? No I don't think that would have worked. They don't have video capability yet? My goodness. Where's technology? I don't, I don't have a way to do that. Yeah, you're right. Hey, you know what? I'm a starting <laughs> podcaster. Come on. You, you got to give me credit for what I know. I mean, you know, your average horror all joking aside, fan wouldn't know a majority of the stuff no, that we do. Aside, I think no offense do, to any of y'all, uh, by the way. No, you know, no offense all at all. All your fact-checking and all the... You did, you did your deep dive for a Scream and all the stuff that's going on in the film. A lot of stuff that you found out about it. And a lot of stuff that you shared with me I didn't know, which is pretty cool. You know, I, I've been, you know, I've been a big fan of Scream since, you know... 
more than 25 years, 24 years ago when I first saw it. So 1996. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. You're almost as old. You're, you know, it's weird because yeah. the movie's almost yeah. Yeah. 25. I, I feel pretty good at age 29. I do. Feel How does that feel for 29. you? I feel awesome. <laughs> I feel you, awesome. You were, you were a fetus I, whenever I, you seen the movie. Nice. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thanks. That's great. You're striving. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a phone call later on. Oh. I'm talking about it. <laughs> so, okay. So, let's see. Mentioning the rules earlier. Um, in that same scene, because I'm watching it right now, there's, there's something I, I, I hate about it was there's comments from two of the guys one of them's talking about oh why do they do that there's too much blood it's the wrong color the scene yeah. is bob getting pinned to the wall to the only to a the, the like yourself, and there's no blood in that scene you know that's what you I'm know saying. what the casual listener wouldn't understand the pet peeve jesus christ you don't know the rules have an aneurysm why don't you but I don't know, just certain things like that make me tick. And I don't know for any of the viewers that are, you know, tuning into the podcast and listening, some of you will come to appreciate and some of y'all already know how to appreciate like good lines. And obviously, you know, you can have the ones that are pet peeves for you, you know, for instance, like this one. Why do we get to see her tits? Why? When do we get to see her? That's a line from the screen, right? Because uh, that's when the. Yeah, it, it, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee's tits is what he's talking about, and then he's he says actually it doesn't happen until '83 in Trading Places, and yeah, and then one of the girls in the background, it's not in the captions, but if you listen and she talks about she could have afforded a pair, and then Randy goes over to uh, like looks at her and he's like kind of pissed and shocked at the same time. He's like, what? And then he's like, he blows it off and continues. That was a great, it's a great film, especially like there's a lot of stuff you don't catch or hear or see whenever you watch it, you know, just casually. But whenever you do a deep dive, like right now, whenever I said that that guy was in the background rolling that J, I didn't notice that. And I've seen this movie at least 30 right. plus times, if not more, doing just the deep dive. You know, after doing deep dives on movies, whenever you casually try watching them, you do see all those different things that you pointed out while you were doing it but at the same time some of them make the movie better for you you know especially knowing some of the facts with who was supposed right. to be some of the original killers what was originally supposed to happen you know the thing with the vices the thing that you know except i think also uh, scream from the other films like uh you know like for example halloween right halloween uh left it you know it left something left the, the outcome uncertain same with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? It left it left it uncertain, right? Same thing right? with the first so, uh, the Nightmare with, on Elm Street, with, with the original uh, the ending. That I can appreciate is we see both Billy and Stu die. So essentially, there's a concrete ending, right? So there's no killer left to terrorize the, the town, like the sleeping town. Yeah, I think that's why it was so shocking 
as well whenever and that's the there key. was a second one that was announced. Yeah, because they were used to, freaked used out to back seeing then. the killer come They're back. They're like, you know, wow. Movie, like, oh, okay, Freddy's back. Oh, okay, Michael's back. Oh, Jason's back. But this, look with this, this it was a smart move. Because later installments, you had, uh, it, was an, it was not the same killer, right? So each installment uh, had a new killer with a new motive in each film. So there was always a, and for each film, there was always a narrative closure to each installment. So I thought that was really smart. I thought it was really smart when they did that compared to the uh, the other films. But nothing that, nothing that, not that, like Michael Myers, you can, oh, that's another, talk about that most. Um, something I really like about this movie is that throughout the script that they made changes that affected the movie in a good way they used their uh, what's it called they used a lot of things to their advantage so whenever they originally read the script with Henry Winkler he wasn't gonna die but they needed a plot device to be able to get rid of all the kids at the very end and also while it was being um looked over and whatnot they you know they were talking about hey you know it's a great script but there's about 30 pages in between where nobody bites the dust and so them doing that and killing off henry winkler yeah they killed and results of that they were able to have a plot vice that was able to get rid of the kids and the ending scene that could, <laughs> I think everyone was yeah. really shocked about that too. Whenever they kill off the fawns, everyone's like, "Oh no!" And there's a lot of references yeah. to, you know, the fawns in those scenes. You know, the way he messes with his hair, his coat. His coat is inside of the closet. Uh, yeah. Whenever he's shuffling well, through it uh, after he comes back the second time. No. I don't know if you knew that actually. His that's his original right. coat yeah, is in there inside of the the coat closet. No, up. I knew that one. Yes, that one I did know. That one I did know. That one I did know. I love these ad-libbed lines from <laughs> David Arquette. Um, speaking about some of the characters, he was also one of the people, just like Matthew Lillard, that did improvise his lines. Um, so the scream that came out of him whenever Sydney runs downstairs, opens the door, yeah. and he's holding the ghost face mask up to the door, and he shrieks. That's her, hilarious. That was a genuine yeah. scream because Sydney scared the shit out of him. So, and then the ad lib lines happen as well later on whenever he's walking with Gail afterwards. They're going to find the car, and yeah. <clears throat> the cars are about to run them off the road, and he's <clears throat> like, Stop, freeze. Those lines were improvised. And the, and the next one that was also improvised is whenever. Um, you know they roll over into the ditch and they, they you know they have their kiss and whatnot and she's like is yeah. that what you were looking no, for stuff. and he looks good at her and he's like my whole good life stuff, good stuff. But... I, I can't appreciate whenever an actor is able to pull off ad-libs like that and you know on the spot being witty because it, it, it does add a good interest to the character and the movie because you know you kind of expect more of it whenever you see it you know, obviously not necessarily in Matthew's case, since you know he bites the dust. But you can appreciate whenever you find out that his lines. Would you say that a lot of the witty. lines from Scream how much are more you can come to appreciate and love a character? In the horror genre? Uh, yeah, I can 
quote yeah. practically the whole movie that you know that comes with doing deep dives and seeing the movie, movie almost thirty plus times. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, and you know what? That line now is such a huge like staple of horror. You know, the first thing you think of is you know scream that. And, you know, with the movie already being a jab at other horror mm-hmm. movies and just the genre itself and being as meta as it can without being too meta, it's great. I mean, it, that's what a part of what makes Scream so memorable is that yeah. it stuck out and it was I different guess, uh, from everything that had happened. Scream will continue then. to be the smartest kid in the room, I guess, when it comes to uh, horror films. <laughs> no, it's... it's, it's uh... It's a memorable film, man. It's it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's a memorable film. It's it's Billy, one of my out. favorites. It's not my favorite, but it's it's one of my favorites. It's one that I hope you have a long, uh, lasting effect on every generation. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it definitely yeah. will with me. I mean, you know, me obviously yeah. just being as young as I am, and having a huge love for horror. Um, I know it definitely will benefit me because, oh. you know, as a fan of Scream. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Technical You're difficulties. Back. My phone just flew off. Okay, I, I got it now. But yeah, <laughs> hello, welcome everybody. <laughs> Having the film, you still there? Um, I think we lost it. Dude, that's lost. How do we lose the host? No, 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 I'm host. still here. No, I'm still here, man. I'm taking over it, I guess. He's back. He's fine. He fell off his chair. I'm here. Can you hear me now? He's great. Hello? 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 Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. TV fell on my face. I got hit short circuited. You know? Um, Right. Yeah, but the characters in this movie, I I believe that's where I was talking about. Uh, Correct. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, The characters you know we talked about it earlier on they're very memorable because you can relate to them you know we all know right. someone that's you know witty and smart mouth like Stu. you right. know we all have that one really nerdy really? cool friend that's in the group you know randy i guess it's I guess you know et cetera, et cetera. and my phone just flew off again hello why is I guess he doing that the question i should ask you is this then there we go um what character are you Yeah. Hey, Randy. I never, I never Randy. thought I'd be too so Got happy to be a virgin. Randy. No. <laughs> yeah, that does mean I get lobbed in the face by Skeet. You know, something else about this movie, um, I did talk about in the very beginning, I, I briefly touched on it, that John Carpenter was a very huge uh, inspiration for the movie. I do love that they <clears throat> are able to blend in Halloween, you know, 78 into this movie, you know, during some of the chase scenes and whatnot with Skeet Ulrich, whenever he's about to kill Randy off uh, Billy's character, because he's the one that wears the robe. Skeet Ulrich wanted to That's interesting you wear the robe that at least only, once. That was a, a scene. Uh, the... Um, Gosh, I, I forget his name. The, the the man behind the mask. I know he was the ghost face for, and I feel ashamed for him. Right, he didn't do three. He couldn't one, do three. But it was one, two, four. I believe it was right. The, uh, you know, for what he did, 
you know, because they kept. Oh no! Because a lot of the stunts that happened were some pretty gnarly stunts. Like you know, ex- example, you know, with the fridge when Tatum opens it up and slams it in his face, and whatever Sydney's running it throughout the house after Billy dies, um, and he hits that door really hard. Wes Craven was saying that that was probably the hardest hit that he had watched a stuntman take, and he Dane Farewell. He respected him for it Dane for Farewell's going through doing the, his job and. The, Making the scream, it great. Uh, scream, 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 yes. scream, scream for. Yes. But uh, yeah, you know he. You know, I wanted to bring his name up today because he's he's he doesn't get a lot. Of, he deserves credit. You don't hear about him. You never hear about him. You just you know he. he oh yeah, he deserves you know, credit. Yeah. And, and I think uh, my roommate was saying, you know, you always notice how Ghostface has all the same movements. He moves the same in almost every film. That's because it's the same person, except for part three. You know, but it's yeah, it's the same person. It's like he always moves the same. <laughs> you know, that would be a that would be a good question for part three stunt actor. Uh, how long they they watched and learned from you know David being able to become Ghostface That's and move and act the exact same way as he did. Now, now, do you, well, let me ask you this. Now, I, I know there's. Uh, Ooh, okay. A lot of people that wore the, the costume in the franchise, right? I heard Wes Craven. Yeah, very many people. Sydney wears it at one point. You have Billy, you have Stu. You have to uh, research that one. I heard. Well, I, that I one, really actually. I, okay, I've never heard that I one. I didn't hear from anybody. The, I just, I doubted that I heard just kidding. No, uh, I heard. Well, I heard from someone. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Here, here, here we go. Here we go with the, uh, the high school drama. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Craven. I, the one I scene had where he's about to kill Randy and he's drunk off his ass talking. And that so scene is very meta. Point, I can appreciate how meta that scene is. You're going to have to research that now. See, I gave, I gave you some studying material. That is definitely something. Uh, that is some, That is the very first time. Like, for once. <laughs> yeah, going back to Dane Farrell. Farewell. Like I was saying, though, was going back to the previous scene. Oh, sorry. You did never mention the poor guy's name. You deserve it. Oh, well, actually, I was going to mention uh, Jamie. I was So we were talking about, uh, you know, I, I can appreciate how meta and great that scene is. You know, Jamie Kennedy is the actor's real name, but he plays Randy Meeks. He's sitting there telling Jamie Lee Curtis, behind you, look behind you. And him saying his own name, being drunk as shit on the couch. I don't know. There's something really hilarious about that scene. And like I was saying about John Carpenter being a huge inspiration for the movie, there's a lot of tie-ins with the music. Like, if you really sit there and think about it, if you know Halloween as good as, you know, you and I do, you can hear the sound cues. Like, you know, example, whenever Billy's after he, you know he's trying to figure out where Sydney went he's walking past the closet and he hears the closet theme playing and it's the scene where you know Lori reaches up and grabs the the coat hanger and turns it into you know 
a poker and stabs him in the eye. That scene is what yeah. gave Billy the inspiration to even turn around yes, and yeah. go back to the closet. That's why he smirks and it clicks instantly. And especially whenever you're a huge, you know, horror fan, you know, after watching those movies, you know, memorizing the music and the sound cues, it becomes a big deal for you. So it, you appreciate smaller things like that even more. And I can appreciate that, you know, the director yeah, you know, even chose to do that you to know, begin with. It was right great. after the film they did, um, it was about 87. And it did Halloween go. Kevin Wilson was involved at one point. With... Yes, I remember. He, uh, he put in the music from well, they, they this movie the and he also helped uh, with the script the correct? score of Halloween H2O and they didn't have enough time to <laughs> they didn't have enough time to add you know a new sound so they dubbed over the entire <laughs> so, so uh-huh. that's why it sounds so much so when you're watching when you're watching H2O and, and there's certain scenes that's not good be, listen to the music it bothers me to this day it sounds it's like no because it's scream music it's from scream you know it's no scream that it doesn't line up i remember the scene of scream why is it in a michael myers scene (laughs) so it's it just you know (laughs) you know actually talking about michael myers and Halloween yeah. definitely did have a huge impact on this movie. You know, I already talked about the sound cues and whatnot. You know, uh, there's scenes that imitate certain scenes from this uh, from the Halloween movie. You know, example, whenever Sydney's inside of the uh, police car radioing the police, you know, mm-hmm. Ghostface comes up yeah. behind her and starts mm-hmm. strangling her the same way oh, yeah. you know, Michael did in '78. Uh, and the connections and all the stuff and all the references in the film, two different films. Billy's about to yeah. fall down the stairs. Well, there he goes. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So anyway, uh, I think we pretty much broke it down for the most part. I think uh, I think we pretty much broke everything down. Is there anything else we want to talk about? <laughs> we can talk about. We can talk about. Well, let's be honest with you. Honestly, honest, I mean, there's there's the a lot of stuff we could easily so talk about. Sense. We could sit here and talk about it all night. Let's go. <laughs> I really could, and I'm really hoping I, I do score an interview at some point with you know any of the cast members would be great. Skeet Ulrich and Randy Meeks, uh, aka um, Jamie Kennedy, are high on my list because I also really liked Jamie Kennedy in Tom Trick, Atkins. which also features Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins can't save every movie, but um, yeah, that's a, that, no different topic, a, different topic. Different topic. I, yes, I found that out. You're still with pissed off cop. I told you. I told you that he wasn't going to survive, but you were just pissed off because he got he thrown out a window. Tom Hopkins. Anyway, 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 that's a different subject. But uh, uh, like I said, we could talk about this movie all day. There's so much. There's so much more we can talk about, and. Uh, we pretty much just scratched the surface with this film. And the ending scene, since I'm here, we might as well talk about it a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, okay. Roger L. Jackson sets up the 
the ghost face scene or sorry the voice very well and he's pretty much what makes it iconic so it is really fun to see billy and you know Stu mocker aka matthew get their chance you know mess with sydney you know surprise sydney and stuff like that and, uh, oh i forgot you. yeah I, forgot. I was wondering what that noise was i forgot you have the uh voice box or the, what is it called the the modulator voice yeah changer? the voice modulator, modulator and then billy uh skeet Ulrich, you know being able to mess with her like, oh, what the matter sydney you look like you've seen a ghost which you know are obviously their own iconic lines but you know this whole scene is iconic because you know you have your your wittiness in here from matthew lillard and then you have skeet Ulrich's amazing performance as billy at the very end whenever he kind of snaps you know he, right. he reveals himself after you know corn syrups and the same stuff they use for pig's blood and carry mm-hmm. um the tie-in with this that helps set up the rest of the franchise pretty much because if you think about it the first death in scream is sydney's mom and sydney's mom is behind the next few movies because right. if you think about it billy's mom left after you know um, Sydney's mother was, you know, messing around with his father, so that caused her to leave, which caused the first movie. She comes back because Sydney kills off Billy in the first movie, and that sets up the second film. The third film is, you know, set up because spoiler alert, that's her brother, and her brother was outcasted because, you know, she. Marine Prescott was trying to get away from that whole past right. life, pretty much. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, uh, especially in part three, you have a lot of cameos too, right? Yeah, a right. lot of cameos. I forgot. Uh, not, not a lot of fans were happy with part three. A lot of people were very disappointed with part three, but I also hear a lot of people say the same thing for part, uh, part four. four. Yeah. I love part four. Yeah, it was very interesting seeing, you know, the cousin, you know, chill and whatnot. I, I, I thought that, I thought that it was a good twist. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I really love the original, so I can't say much. Yeah, you can't beat the original. And then again, I think I'd be biased as well just to say that I only like the original whenever the other ones were actually pretty good as well. But I just, I don't know. It's, it's a classic is what it is. And that's I can't why. say the same thing for Halloween, and I love Halloween. Uh, we're not going to get into the Thorn trilogy yet. All right, we'll get into that later. But, but okay, so this ending scene, uh, the kitchen scene, is what everyone knows, you know, Skeet Ulrich and uh, Matthew Lillard for. And uh, let me quiz you real quick. How many times did Stu get stabbed by Billy? Five times. Wrong, four. I was off by one. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you that. I'll give you your pity point. Now, what I want to know from the original script, if there was this in the original script, after Billy stabs Stu, Stu obviously gets pissed off um, even after Billy saying, hey, you know, uh, stick to the side, don't go too deep. You know, Stu gets really pissed off because the way Billy treats him, and obviously, you know, he just straight up jabs it into him. Right. And then that in turn pisses off Billy. 
Right. And then Billy starts going, you know, and getting knife happy and fillets him practically. Um, I want to know if Stu was originally supposed to be killed off by Billy out of jealousness, so he was the sole survivor of the whole thing. It crossed my mind at one point, but I, I don't know. I, I don't see that. I don't know. Maybe. But, because, I mean, he, he stabs him three times. Uh, once in the yeah. arm, twice in the, uh, in the stomach, and then one in the back. Because whenever he turns around, you can see all the blood on his back. Um, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I'm feeling a little woozy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it's... line was also improvised. Like, th- these lines are great for Matthew. And obviously, you know, the famous telephone scene. Ooh. You hit me with the phone, you dick. Yeah, a lot of the... I mean, he did amazing. A lot of people are shocked when they find out that he improvised a lot of those lines. I mean, so it's pretty cool. And, uh, I do think that Scream also wouldn't be as memorable as it is and quotable as it is without him. And he almost wasn't even in it. You know, if he wasn't there with his girlfriend, then who knows what would have happened with Stu Mocker. It would have been a different, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird to think about. But yeah, he's, uh, he's important to the film. Definitely. I mean, Matthew has such a everyone huge impact role. on this movie. Yeah, everyone everyone has, everyone has their their great you know own rule. We had we had. Let's think about it. If we didn't have Randy, how different it would be. Yeah. So do you know if you think about it, you categorize the characters. Dewey, um, Dewey too. You know, Dewey, 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 Stu, and Randy are the comedy relief. Then you have the more so serious side, with Gail, Billy, and <clears throat> and Sydney. And then right. you have the intermediate in between the two with Tatum. Right. Deputy Doofy. Deputy Do- You know, I'm going to start calling him that. Uh, I love that name. Deputy Doofy. <laughs> hey, man. He had everyone fooled. He did. He, he And, you know, it, he the reason he did was because he was originally supposed to die. So, I thought that was interesting. Another thing that I really love was um, actually Deputy a question. Dewey, I'm talking about Deputy Dewey, not Deputy Doofy. Deputy Doofy is from Scream. Okay. <laughs> Scream, no, a scary movie. Okay. You wanna, you wanna. <laughs> I'm getting them confused. See, we're talking about scary movies. You're, movie. you're good, man. Um, shall I let the machine get it? <laughs> Hello, are you alone in the house, <gasps> bitch? You bitch, where the fuck are you? Yeah. You know, I, and I, I pointed this out before when we watched it with Wes Craven. I wonder if his favorite word is bitch, because Freddy uses it a lot as well. Freddy uses bitch a lot. Yes, he does. I can't, Billy. You cut me too deep. I think I'm dying here, man. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I have for Matthew, though, whenever I, I meet him, because I do have faith that I will meet him, he had said that earlier on Wes Craven was talking about he could win an Oscar or and that he was great. So right. the first time they called, they were just saying, you know, your son's an amazing actor. Well, after this scene, Matthew um, heard them talking about he could win an award and he was like, ah, you know, tell that to my parents. Well, they, you know, Wes Craven found the only phone around and called his parents and said, your son is going places. He's he's going to win an award. 
so that's that's always stuck and inspired matthew um right right but my question for him is because the line that was improvised in here that's obviously famous is you know my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me right right i want to know if that line derived from what had happened in real life you know with his parents um being or uh, with Wes craven talking about his parents if that had any correlation whatsoever um you know his parents maybe just knowing that he was acting and then them being upset because he played this psychotic killer mm-hmm. and he did it well oh while i'm he- while i'm here okay so the scene that i'm at uh sydney just donned the the ghost face outfit and stabbed skeet right now a lot of people don't know that the screams of anguish that came from him were actually real because oh there's a stunt double for you but um yeah so he had yeah, just I'm had open- it in my head thanks <laughs> stunt double. um he had just had open heart surgery so whenever sydney stabbed him he had already had a pad on his chest that she was supposed to hit mm-hmm. well she missed and some of the blood on his shirt was real blood. That was some of his blood uh, because she broke the sutures. And immediately after filming that scene, they had to rush him to the hospital to get it fixed. Yeah, that sounds terrible. That's yeah, horrible. but I, I do. One of my questions for him, I, do, I know I probably shouldn't talk about some of the questions I have for him on, over your podcast because I want to be original. Right. But the hole that. Sydney puts her finger into whenever um, his wound. Yeah, his wound. Whenever yeah. he gets up. No, 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 no. That's no the the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. She shoves her thumb inside of it. If that was actually the real wound, Ugh. or if that was in any turn part of it. It's terrible, man. That's that's. But I mean. That's a little more. It's a pretty interesting question if you think about it, though. Did she stick her finger in? Did she actually? Yeah. I know you you just (laughs) said open heart surgery whenever this happened. You know, know you talk about that she broke it. (laughs) Yeah, let me me hear how you almost died for real, for real. You know, you didn't get to come back for the last scare. Yeah. But being able to figure that out, because that's been a question that I've had for a while after I learned that fact. Thought it was really interesting. No, that's really. Um, I, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that he did uh, the pain in his face and that stuff that was going on uh, during the film was uh, real pain and anguish, and that's just terrible. Yeah, that's terrible to know. And, but uh, I mean, it, it, me, it, it that helps scene create... made, That scene made me cringe anyway. You know, that scene made me cringe anyway. When she shiver stab when she comes out of the closet door and stabs him uh, with the umbrella. That scene made me cringe anyway. It was like you know, <laughs> just imagine that it really that pain that look on his face is real jesus christ you know, it's, it's 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 horrible it's horrible you know so i don't know it's just it's one of those things where it's interesting to know it's terrible to really hurt uh, but i mean it's something you could ask him it'd be kind of cool to kind of get that uh you know that insight and of course you know it's just to me it's just it's crazy to know that he he was actually hurting and were in pain during that scene. There's some actors gone through with real well, yeah. pain from certain scenes. Of course. So it, it, it's interesting to see him join that list of people. Right. Um, right. 
so I know I talked to you about this, but in the original script, because he just got, he just bit the dust. He took that bullet. Um, that whenever Sydney shoots him, originally she wasn't supposed to say not in that movie. She she was supposed to say, and that's for having an itty bitty weenie, which I thought would have been, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's really funny hearing that because. It, if you think about it, it does take away from the seriousness of the scene, yeah, but it's also, well, it's no. great. Too. It's not a very memorable line. Could have been in a way. <laughs> but not in my movie works a lot better. I, I can already. I didn't know that either. I did not know that either. That's just crazy that they, that that was actually in the, but that was in the yep, script? Yep, that was in the original script. Okay. Wasn't I praising uh, Kevin Williamson earlier? Yeah, they just uh, they just put them in here. They just changed it. Oh, uh, so the movie's wrapping up. Uh, speaking of credits, I want to talk about a few people. So some of the people you don't see throughout the movie, if you don't pay attention or if you're not uh, very familiar with some of the bigger icons of horror and like the actual actors, mm-hmm. Linda Blair is one of the people in this movie. Um, right. And she's credited as the uh, the nosy the nosy. Um, Oh, newscaster. Reporter. Yeah, reporter. And someone else that's also uncredited was Henry Winkler, because he, since he was already so big going on to the set of Scream, he didn't right. want to take away from the fame of the you know the younger Uprising star, so he asked to be uncredited, which I thought right. was really nice, um, which is why you don't see his name on the front cover of the movie. Uh, along with you know some of the bigger names of now, obviously at the time you know they just did the craft and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Matt uh, right. Skeet Ulrich just becoming the second coming of Christ, and then in his words becoming a psychopath in the next few weeks afterwards. That was pretty interesting. Right. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I forget also that Linda Blair was in their first small cameo also, which was pretty cool. Um, so you carried like you said we talked about this a little bit uh you know we had a lot of cameos in the other films also you know yeah the carrie fisher i, I forgot she was in scream three. Oh, that's <laughs> and then they gave it to carrie fisher one that oh, yeah. slept with george lucas yeah yeah you know but yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i do appreciate also how they do throw in that little jump scare at the very end so initially what it was supposed to be was ghostface flashes on the screen really quickly and he stabs at the screen now originally what it was supposed to be and that's what it's still supposed to be intended as um it was supposed to make people question whether or not they actually seen it so the the strobe light came on you see ghostface really quickly and then it goes away so it was very um it's kind of a a herring in a way because at the time it wasn't known that there was going to be a second um, <clears throat> screen movie. So they kind of set it up in a way, but at the same time, it was still a tease. If if you caught it, at least. Hmm. No, I did not. I did not. That's interesting, though. Yeah. Great movie, man. That's all the way around. I, just, I don't think there's really anything bad I can say about the movie. It has an amazing score, uh, too. By the way, we yeah, didn't really we didn't score. really touch on that. I, I I know I did touch on the score being mixed in with uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, and that also helps make this film really great too. <clears throat> hearing that music again, the, those scenes give me you know goosebumps because they're so it's great. Just, 
no, I mean, yeah, the, the film, there's, there's not really anything bad I could say about it. And like you said, Williamson, you know, created an entirely different type of monster with Billy and Stu. And uh, like you said, you know, we can, it's a character or characters we can all relate to. And it's something that's realistic. And I think uh, they did an, uh, he did an awesome job writing the script. And, and, and uh, Wes Craven did an excellent job directing it, you know, so. Awesome. There's, uh, there's, if you haven't seen it, we probably pretty gave up the whole plot. But <laughs> pretty much. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. But no, you probably wouldn't be listening to it yet. So yeah. Probably, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great, great, great. Oh, I can watch it over. You know, now that I'm, I, I'm looking through the credits, I was just reminded. One of the, um, one of the Michael Myers actors actually was a stuntman for Scream. I actually want to say he was the one that did three. Um, that's, I'm trying to remember which which Michael he was. It was a tall guy, kind of in a way it looked like David Arquette, not gonna lie. Um, let me figure that out real quick. I do know that he did stunts for both movies. So for Halloween? Yeah, he did Halloween. He did um, obviously part three, I believe it was. Yeah. Three, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up real quick before we... Yeah, I... I Let's see. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's like, you know, we talked about a lot about the... the, the Hello? The characters. We talked a lot about the... The script. We talk a lot about the direction of the film. Great I mean, yeah, we we were we were kind of all over the place, but at the same time, we did keep it centered around horror. So, you know, horror fans can appreciate, you know, the acknowledgement of the other movies and what they had, you know, their impact and the <clears throat> the actors that have appeared and yeah. you know references and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it definitely appeals to a lot of people that you know. Hey, you took the time to appreciate that. You know that's great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is this being our first podcast? Well, my, at least my first podcast. I know you've had some um, time with it in the past, right? I I definitely do enjoy doing this. Like being able to take time out of my day, watch a movie, and then be able to do a deep dive on it. It definitely is great. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's fun. You know, just having a, a deep discussion about horror films in general, and I think, uh, <clears throat> especially, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, no. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I'm sorry. I was watching the credits, and oh. I, I forgot that I they like, credit uh, they credit all of the stuff, and then it says yeah. at the very bottom, "No thanks, Santa uh, Santa Rose Monica School," because they oh. whenever they read the original script, they were like, "Nah, you can't film this here." But that's that scene with the uh, the liver alone. Um, oh, part. Yeah. Well, that's where that was filmed. I didn't even and know that And they, was in they there. canceled it out. Yeah, it's at the very end of the film, at the very bottom of the credits. No thanks. It says no thanks, Santa Rose Mon- or Santa Rose Monica or Santa Monica Rose uh, High School for nothing, is what it says. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that. I Honestly, that was that, oh yeah, that's why you always stay to the very end of the credits. I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I, I, I just watched uh, Zombieland Double Tap again today. Um, I have not seen it. At the very end, there's end credits. Um, 
after about 30 seconds there's a, a different clip that plays and then if you stay to the end of the very end of the credits there's a secret credit like a blooper that they threw in from the already end credits so yeah whenever you watch it you definitely need to stick around uh, to the very end or if you just end up buying it just skip to the towards the end um now that that's kind of a summary of scream i mean scream is a great movie it's gonna be one of those movies that obviously it's had an impact over the years and it will continue to you know with fans coming and going and then getting back into the genre um and movie just because of the fact that there's new movies coming out you know you're gonna have for for sure i know my kids are gonna you know know about this stuff well, it's, a, it's a good movie to start with i think it's a good movie to start with it's a good horror yeah. movie to start with if you know that's it's some harsh in some ways but if you know if you want to start them off i always recommend certain movies you want to start with right so if you've never seen a horror movie like poltergeist right poltergeist is one that I poltergeist is great yeah Scream i always recommend that one it's not it's scary but at the same time it's not too bah, you know it's not too yeah it's not gonna give them well i don't know about that damn clown puppet yeah. god that thing is horrendous yeah. now i, I did <laughs> since we're talking about that clown puppet, <laughs> all i'm gonna say is scary movie if you understand what i'm referencing you understand yeah that that scene was right oh. under the bed. <laughs> no, 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 no. The puppet gets dragged under the. Bed. Oh, that's right. I forgot. About yes. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna talk about it here. Oh, yeah. At least now we're gonna wait till a later time whenever we cover that movie. Right. But under any, um, or sorry. No, I mean, by I guess... any chance, do you? Think you know what the next movie is going to be? Any hints that you want to might throw out at our viewers? Uh, you know what? One of the things that one of the films I like to talk about, uh, which is a, I know it's a fan favorite, and it's one of my favorites. Uh, I would like to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think kind of cool. Know, I think I think learning more about uh, Gunner Hooper and Toby Hansen would be great. Toby Hansen. Yeah, Tan, Toby. Toby Hooper and, and uh, uh, dang it, I was trying, I was purposely trying to mess up their names, and then you got me thinking about how to say their real name. Yeah, Gunnar Hansen <laughs> and Toby Hooper. But no, oh, all jokes aside, they're great. I really do wish I did get to meet them. It's, it's sad that they did pass away. Rest in peace. Yeah. I, I do know I, I'm, I have a few viewers that are very in love with their work, <laughs> and I actually, you know, it's funny because uh, my girlfriend's family member it was her grandfather that did a lot for um the original texas chainsaw so whenever she went to texas frightmares last year she had she had met the the truck driver and he knew exactly who she was after that's pretty neat yeah after talking about her grandfather i can tell you i can tell you from from running the horror account, there are certain movies that I always get request request for. Request. Request. And one of the movies I get a lot of requests for is. Uh, <laughs> I say what they were accent tears. That yeah. they one were of the, one the accent movies that I get a lot of requests for is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that's one film that I would love to do a deep dive, nice little review for. But I mean, this is, you know, it's an excellent film. I mean, why wouldn't you ever want to do that? That would just freaking everyone out. 
Yeah, that's... No, no, no. I tr- trust me, it's still me, me and uh, the Insta horde. Don't worry. There, no one else has joined the podcast. Yeah, Y'all are fine. Definitely not. But yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I request for that one. I got a lot of requests for Hellraiser. I got a lot of requests. Hellraiser is great. Yeah, Hellraiser. got a lot of requests for that one. I got a lot of requests for, uh, at least from my experience, running an account. Uh, another one I get a lot of requests for is uh, The Exorcist. Uh, yes the exorcist is a cult classic easily exorcist, uh, and i mean obviously with it being a cult classic uh linda blair earned her part and as a cameo on scream yeah. <laughs> funny enough yeah aside from aside from the michael myers freddy krueger uh the mainstream the bigger names Jason, yeah uh you know stuff like that you know i always get requests for those type of films uh like the texas chainsaw massacre uh, and at some huge, point huge request all the time I would definitely love to give homage and pay attention to some of the indie films that don't get enough love Absolutely. and even some of the ones that do get enough love, you know, uh, example, you know, the terrifier would be really cool terrifier. to do at some point. Cause it started out it, and it is a low budget indie film is what it is. Yeah. Started off uh, on YouTube. yeah and so, so did uh, trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Man. Those are, that's really cool. And it's really awesome. And, and of course we, you know, give some love to some of those independent filmmakers and, films and movies absolutely love to do that it'd be kind of great also so all right man so thanks for uh thanks for having me on man and yeah no problem and great yeah and like i said guys um if you really want some great horror content that's fact-checked and you can 110 believe go follow the insta horror on instagram he's honestly great thank you man appreciate that uh, yeah no problem and uh looking forward to the next one um when when can we expect that exactly when when do you want to give our fans a little bit of oh sure expectancy um, sure I, I think every every tuesday you'll have a, a new new uh episode um aside from me and you being together i think uh i think every tuesday i think we'll have an episode Oh yeah, and then I know we both have some some stuff going on as well. I have a few people that I know the viewers are going to be interested in me interviewing, so everyone stay in tune for that because I do have a few people that are really really cool in the horror industry that y'all are going to love. Yeah. So stay tuned and for that. some uh, some guests you're trying to get on, and that'd be kind of cool and. Hopefully you know, if, if we get Skeet Ulrich, I am so down to stream the movie if I can. Stream the movie separately and have the interview going so I can just talk to him about the movie. That would be great. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. All right, man. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the next one. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Do you have any uh, any final things you you want to say though? Uh, so final things. Uh, well, if he, if uh, uh, I'll tell you one thing, we have an appreciation for the horror uh, genre, and uh, I think uh, uh, one thing about horror community, I think you knew you know this too, is there are some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet, right? So I know from my experience going to horror conventions and getting to know people. Of course, you have your bad apples, but for the most part, horror fans are some of the nicest people I've ever met. So we like to extend our hand to anybody that's out there 
and to jump on and and, and hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy the content we have and uh, hopefully we'll get you guys on board and, and thanks for the support uh, if you're a listener of uh, this podcast and if you're a listen if you're a follower of the Instahar really appreciate your support I have a lot of fun doing it and I'm sure that uh, Spooky the scary here also enjoys uh, bringing the content to you so uh, those are my final thoughts <laughs> alright man that pretty much includes the uh, the whole screen review yep stay tuned everyone for the future guest and also the Texas Chainsaw will be next uh, and also don't forget to ask your friends what their favorite scary movie is <laughs>